Oh, uh, just back on Jerry real quick. I met him also, and he was like really, you know, I just said a couple words. Oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And, but I just feel like I had a lot of moments uh, seeing the different pros there. Just like, you know, see, seeing like, seeing those between moments and stuff where you're just like, oh, yeah, they're a real person. Like, they're not just a skater, my favorite skater on the planet, you know. And I think that really, like, really was apparent when uh, Jerry walked in with probably like five pizzas into ryan's backyard and immediately dropped one of them and it was just like oh shit i just saw jerry sue drop a whole entire pizza on the floor that's wow i you're saw like, that man like, like if i was down and still ate it <laughs> yeah well it was in the box like it was good but it was just like wow that you know i saw i've seen that guy like you know switch ollie giant staircases and also drop pizzas you know so how, how, it, how great it would it have been if you 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 walk over with like a stylist epic and shoot a photo of him dropping the uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> yeah, put it on my website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's, You're off to a great start, Kyle. <laughs> That's the hardest part, though, for real. What's up, skaters? This is Vent City. We are coming to you live for the Tempe Slow Impact Extravaganza review. What's coming next? What did we learn? How did it go? You're going to get it all tonight. It's going to be just fresh as hell. Uh, besides me, who you don't care about, we have four esteemed uh, Slow Impact veterans this evening uh, coming to you live from across the nation. Of course, we have Ryan Lay um, from Tempe, Arizona. We have Alex White coming to us from Monterey, California. We have Ted Schmitz coming from a, a dark and hopefully um, joyful place in, in uh, outer Astoria, Queens. And for the first time ever, we, we've, got a, we've got a new, we have a new host of sorts. We have a new homie on, on, the, on the pod. And I'm incredibly happy to welcome Adam Burns to Vent City. Adam, say hello. <laughs> What's up? What's up, y'all? Do we have air horn sounds for Adam? Oh, I'll, we'll add him. <laughs> Kyle, I was Sick. expecting a uh, picture a house and picture a host in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mock my creative picture work. Picture Adam Burns. Ryan, my creative work is precious. Uh, Adam, tell us what you're doing here. Tell us tell us what it's what it's like to be here. Tell us who you are. Give a, give the people what they need. Oh man. Tell us about um, the disorganization that you you've come to clean up. <laughs> um man, I can't, you know, I can't wait to help clean up but uh <laughs> <laughs> no i'm really happy to be here i'm really uh i'm really honored to be part of this this is sick uh yeah i uh i'm how do, how i know all of y'all i'm a skate twitter lurker to some guy on there talking a lot of shit and uh i had a podcast at one point and uh i got burned out with it and uh yeah and now now i'm here i don't know <laughs> I appreciate y'all for having me we, on. We needed it. We needed we needed a baritone and a baritone arrived. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely needed a baritone. <laughs> Squeeze. Yeah, I'm balancing out all the frequencies here. Yeah. Um well yeah, it's very is that good correct? To have... Is that the is that the lowest the 
Is that the lowest tenor? Is that a, a baritone or is that a bass? I think it's a bass. Pretty sure it's baritone or bass. I don't look. You think? What's lower, baritone <laughs> or bass? I thought it was bass. I don't know. Sh- I don't know shit about music theory. I just know how um, to sound sound. One time, a friend, uh, I talked to them really early in the morning, about 1 p.m., and they were like, damn, what's up with your voice? You got that bedtime baritone. And I was like, <laughs> like, dude, did you just invent that? He's like, yeah, I never heard it before this call. He invented it on the spot, and I've been using it for years now. Um, so it's a gift. You can use it to all your friends with their gravelly voice. Um, bass is the lowest male voice type. Boom, nailed it. Beautiful. Well, look, y'all. Um, I'm. I'm. My task tonight is to keep us on track. So we're going to be all business all night long. Um, I'm. You know, it's it's fine to joke. It's fine to mock. It's fine to <laughs> trade rumors about the skateboard industry. But really, what we're here to do is to discuss um, the the inaugural uh, slow impact skateboard gathering slash conference um we didn't we didn't we you, you never really gave us a noun for it right it, it was a it was an event it was a how did you think of it ryan did you have a a category a noun category yeah i think i used skate vacation initially but mo most throughout gathering and i was like that's nice juggalos gathering yes. i think this is i think this is what we're Family. doing here Family. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to be too heavy handed with the conference because then it's like, hey, you have, you know, different expectations. You want to set the bar low. But I think gathering was was uh, I feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And gathering what should we call the, uh, the fan base, <laughs> the fan base. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> I saw someone that said they uh, thought like the Instagram is slow impact AC and they thought it was slow impact is <laughs> <laughs> so we could be that <laughs> the slow impact is oh my god that is incredible uh, my ambitions is a slow impact is <laughs> well look we we, we want to review the thing we want to we want to we want to highlight some takeaways we want to think about um, what what might happen in the future. Um, but maybe we, what we could do by starting or by way of starting is, is talk a little bit about how in the world we got there and what, what we walked into when we walked into, um, because I think each of us has a pretty distinctive path that got us, um, to Arizona. And definitely I know I rolled in in an eight hour drive through some of the worst snowy conditions I've ever been in or driven through, um, and like parked and immediately saw Ted Schmitz and Spencer from village psychic <laughs> and just like was overcome with joy was like, Holy shit, I made it. I'm so glad to be here at, at Mitchell at the new Mitchell, um, had no intention of skating whatsoever, had no ambition to do anything except like give hugs and then immediately find some beer. Um, and I think we managed to do both of those things. No, we skated first. Did we skate? Oh, yeah, we went to Perry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's what we did. We went to Perry and had a very, very, like, mellow, open session at Perry, and it was super good. Yeah, Yeah, I almost totally forgot that. And I did the thing I do uh, at the first day of any skateboarding trip I go on, which is skate way too hard and ruin myself for the the rest of the trip. Um, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. pleasant. That I, I was knew good. Every, the second the second everyone got into town, I was like, they're gonna speed run the whole event, go to all the bars we have listed. Fuck. They're gonna go to all the parks that we have, and that's exactly what happened. Plus, I had like a thousand dollars in alcohol in my backyard, and like twenty to thirty <laughs> people, including the sci-fi team, all of you, Adam, Eli, all the people who were staying with us, are all over, and I'm like, oh god, this is a nightmare. Um, but yeah, where where to start? Uh, yeah. Well, everyone knows how I got to Arizona. 1949, Barbara Radcliffe James <laughs> moves here from Lincoln, Nebraska to Yuma, Arizona, marries a crop duster. Uh, no, I'm I'm here. I live here. And uh, I actually think a big impetus for doing the event was that I feel rooted here. Like I, I decided to move back here to like stay with my family. And, you know, I feel like if you live in a scene that's not maybe New York or LA, maybe we'll throw in like Seattle or Portland. You've kind of seen your scene decline over the last like five to 10 years, Um, especially for us, like the glory years of Arizona skating was probably about a decade ago. And, you know, people were putting out really good independent local videos. And there's obviously lots of people here doing interesting things still. But, uh, you know, I wanted to do the event because I'm like, well, there should be something like this that exists uh, somewhere in the in the world. And since Pushing Borders has kind of uh, faded away and seems like it's lost a little steam, it seems like there is a big audience for that type of thing. And, you know, I had the resources to get all of my most talented and hardworking and responsible friends to, I don't know, help me out with this this thing. So that's kind of beautiful. I mean, not to be the guy who's always like, oh, that's kind of beautiful, but, you know, to be, to be in a place long enough and to, to commit to being in a place and make something happen for that place and with the resources that that place naturally has. Um, if I can ask before we get to other folks, like, what have you heard since the event from like skaters and stuff or what, what has been the reception of the Tempe community? Yeah, I think people are really stoked about it. I mean, you know, the other big event that draws a lot of people is Phoenix Am, and that attracts a certain type of crowd. So we're obviously speaking to a different audience. And, uh, you know, I think people are really happy to, like, have a a lot of visitors, pros, you know, people from all over the country, like, come to visit Tempe and, and, you know, check the spots and, you know, appreciate our scene. I think that, like, for, for people like Marco, who Marco's the, you know, older skater who's a local legend who builds all the spots around here and fixes them up like it was really cool to like showcase those types of people and and i feel like by the end of it marco was like heralded heralded as like this legend of the the local scene here which is really sick justifiably so yeah um adam how'd you get out there tell tell us a little bit about your trek out to arizona how did how did it come to be and what'd you walk into when you arrived um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like uh, I have well, to preemptively apologize for Adam, but go ahead, Adam. <laughs> no, it was it was it was definitely like, um, damn, what what happened? Uh, so yeah, I, I just I came out. Ryan was like really like trying to. Uh, Ryan definitely helped me get get out there. I got a got a plane ticket and shit, and we got I got there. The cheapest flight was super early, so like. The thing started at Thursday. I got there like Tuesday, I think. And I, you know, I was down to help out. Uh, I told him like, yeah, I want to, I'm down to help out with sound and stuff like that. And like, you know, help out with sound at the panels with Ted and all this stuff. And, um, you know, 
I didn't realize I was going to be like helping out set up his whole backyard and all this stuff and put together a bed and like get donuts from Cowtown or from the donut spot to take photos of at Cowtown and all this stuff. And, you know, it was it was cool. I don't know. Like it was like definitely like, OK, like when I came in, I was definitely it was like, you know, I could see Ryan. He was uh, you could tell he was like just like scatterbrained, like, yo, I got to like figure out this whole entire fucking event right now. And um but it, you know, it was it was very like uh, I don't know. I felt very welcomed in his house, and it was very yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm sorry. I'm like blanking right now. You also uh, tra- I I had Adam uh, transplant a cactus on his first yes. uh, day in Arizona, and we also took I took Adam and Eli to a mountain because I was like, oh, that'd be cool to check out. You know, a little southwest scenery so we did that but yeah yeah, the thing that i felt terrible about was that part of the event was like finishing the renovations of my garage and backyard and so when (laughs) adam and eli got there i was just like i was just i was toast like completely uh just so drained and there were contractors still working there and things that had to get moved and yeah it was just chaos so next year we'll hopefully go a little smoother um but yeah no it was cool. It was cool to like kind of be a part of it too. At a, at a certain point, I was like, "Yo, I'm like actually like really helping out with this," and it's like cool. I don't know. I felt uh, it was cool to see like how everything was working. You know, I didn't realize. Well, I didn't think I was gonna get such a behind the scenes look on like kind of every aspect of it, and it was cool to be a part of it. Um, and uh, yeah, like like Ryan said, we went to see some mountains because I'd never been to fucking anywhere in the West Coast or like any desert. So I was like, I gotta like see like a cactus i gotta see a fucking tumbleweed i didn't see a tumbleweed but you know maybe next time but uh yeah i was just really psyched to be there and um yeah uh you're about a year younger than me um give or take uh had you had any context of like arizona skating or like arizona videos from you know whatever like oh four to 2014 yeah yeah so like i used to um i i was a big fan of happy medium when that first came out like all right we're done here (laughs) we're just gonna keep the fucking panel moving (laughs) yeah it was so funny i don't the last day like i was there we literally like sat and tried me fucking sci-fi had their airbnb and then ryan invited like well ryan was invited over so i came over with them we all like try to watch a single jaws part from a happy medium video and it was really hard on the youtube but yeah no like i used to watch the jaws part from a happy medium and uh john mata and, and all that stuff and i was really I was, yeah i was very aware of how like I didn't realize how like fucked up good everyone was, but I knew like there was something definitely in the water with like the really interesting creative skating and shit that was coming out of there. And yeah. I think, yeah, like in terms of like the independent video boom of the early uh, aughts, um, that's yeah. that was, Arizona was definitely a big, had a big presence. Adam, did you, here. did you watch Ted Schmitz's part? In Happy Medium 3? <laughs> no. So I kind of fell off after Happy... I got to be honest, I fell off after Happy Medium like 2. Because yeah. yep. it just, wasn't, Wise. It just Wise. wasn't the same after that. <laughs> like it wasn't... There wasn't fun balloons with the titles and stuff. And it was all like serious like music video effects and shit. And I was like, all right, this is not as fun. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But I, d- I did see it after getting to know Ted. And I was like, oh shit. 
This guy had a whole part in this video I could have watched. Oh shit. There are ditches in Arizona. Crazy. <laughs> one of the one of the rad things about like the conversations at Slow Impact was kind of the which goes on in any city when people come to a city is like the accounting of like cool things that have gone down. Um, and talking about like, particularly Alex, after you, um, and your van of rippers went and skated, what is the ditch? Uh, Northern Northern ditch, Northern ditch, Northern ditch. Um, like the conversations that went down about like, Oh, have you ever seen what Ted Schmitz has done at Northern ditch? And like, keep going. Well, truly like, like, that's that's one of the rad things about a bunch of new people coming to a city with really distinctive spots that have a long sort of um, local kind of lore of who has done what and how it's gone down. And like, you know, the number of times that I heard someone say, you know, you know, Ted ran up that and kick flipped in <laughs> the wrong way into that ditch. And it's like, oh, yeah, he did. Um, yeah. And there was a lot of that. Like, and I think that's a testament to Tempe or to Phoenix, I guess, the the metropolitan area of Phoenix is that like. People know that city without knowing that city very well, right? I mean, it's not like in Barco. It's not like the first time you go to Love Park. But there are a lot of spots I think people found themselves at and being like, oh, right, this fucking weird gnarly ditch or what have you. Um, Alex, how did you come into Slow Impact and how did um, it go? I organized, it- yeah, I organized a trip uh, for the Crux team to come out. So um, I got it daddy nhs to pay for it so that was great <laughs> um but seriously it was it was really great to come out and support and i had marby and poe and ray samaria everybody that was actually on the um podium or per diem panel that i hosted and uh yeah we like i just was doing airport runs and just kind of like doing the tm thing uh that i love to do so much and um yeah we had a really good group and uh, yeah we we all had fun i think um the the banks and the ditches really suited Marby. She was loving oh, it yeah. out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> what were their thoughts prior to it? Like, did did they have any clue what they were getting into, or were they just sort of like, well, we're getting in a van. We trust Alex. Yeah, not one bit. And they were all really scared about being on a panel. So I had to like the night before read all the questions that I was going to ask them on the panel. And I knew it was going to be an interesting panel because for our panel, besides Marby, who I know can hold like podcasty interview type conversations. Ray is super shy. Samaria is a woman of few words. And then Poe is 17. <laughs> like, so I was like, I don't, I'm like, and Ryan's like, are you sure? Like Poe 17. I'm like, yeah, it's great. Um, we're all down. So it, I mean, it turned out good, but uh, yeah, they did not know what to expect. And I think it was a good experience for all of them to kind of sit in that semi academic setting and speak on this issue and talk about it with a, you know, it was like public speaking one-on-one. Um, and I think Marby, like, super comfortable, said some really funny things. And Poe actually was kind of the the, the secret kicker. Like, she made everybody <laughs> laugh really hard with her just, like, blunt 17-year-old honesty about stuff. So I'm yeah. not even trying to either. Not, yeah. <laughs> she said after uh, Ted Ted's panel, she's like, ah, oh, this is pretty sick. If this is what college is like, I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> It's That's not. so good. Yeah, it's not. Wait, isn't she it really her likes? Birthday? She likes a slide is, lecture. Is today, today. Poe's birthday? Happy birthday, Poe! Happy birthday, Poe! She's wow. eighteen today. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, like total zen. A lot, like, a lot of Pisces. <laughs> a lot of Pisces on Crux. I don't know what's up with that. Huh? Something's rising. Yeah, I was impressed. 
I thought I thought Poe totally held it down. I thought Ray and Samaria too, like both of them, like kind of loosened up by the yeah. end. And like, you know, it's it's weird. It's hard. It's a hard thing to sit in front of a group of people, um, particularly when there's like this built-in expectation that like you're gonna have a conversation. Like, not only are you kind of in the spotlight, but you're going to you're going to you're going to speak spontaneously in a way that like the assumption is people are going to be interested in, right? Like the pressure is very, very big. Um, and, and I felt that too, with the reading, like it's hard, it's hard to get up in front of a crew of people and read something, particularly if it's something you've written and particularly if it's something that feels you in any way vulnerable, like that stuff's really hard. And I think all of the panelists, like people crushed it. Um, Ted, how'd you get to Arizona? And was it nostalgic? No, not really. I'd never been there. And I came from, uh, I came from, from New York and, you know, I took the fucking Holland tunnel over to the Lincoln tunnel to, uh, to the turnpike. (laughs) Um, I took a $75 Uber that was two minutes slower than the train. Uh, that's what I did. Um, classic Ted. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, no, I was super stoked. Um, I got paid like crazy money to go there. Uh, I finagled <laughs> it, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I came to uh, to help Ryan uh, get some documentation of the event, mm-hmm. uh, uh, plugging a recorder into the mixer and taking some pictures. Um, and I and I came there through a uh, flight on JetBlue, uh, which had a sufficient amount of legroom and. Uh, <laughs> And uh, space for my board that they told me to check, but then I cleared it through the lady on the plane, so I didn't have to check it. I did that whole dance. Um, And then I came the first night, stayed with Ryan. It was uh, not to my standards, so I I went and stayed with with another close friend. Um, Best story you out, Ted. Uh, no, uh, the bed that I was staying in in Ryan's was in the middle of the garage. Like, so uh, uh, imagine a house and inside that house is a mattress. (laughs) Much like, uh, like literally the image you have of Heath Kirchart's, uh, bed at the America mansion where you're like, he just had a room with a mattress in the middle. First off serial killer. Second off, um, that's what I had. It was because Ryan was like painting and doing all the shit. There was just a mattress in the middle of the space. And I needed, I, I front load some work for the next day, usually before I like go to sleep. So I couldn't put my back up against anything. So I was like kneeling on my knees, like on my laptop. Like it just wasn't, uh, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get down. So, um, yeah, our friends uh, Zamara, who co-runs Skate After School, and our longtime friend Eric Tonescu of Midtone fame uh, put me up. And uh, that's where I was. I was really happy to be back home um, and just uh, tr- tremendously sad, if you really want to know. It's not great going back to the town that's been uh, basically leveled and reorganized um, in the last five years. It's, uh, it's, it's a really hard an alienating place to be confronted with. Imagine, imagine if San Francisco was a college town. So, 
so I, I hear that and I, you know, as someone who goes back to my hometown pretty regularly and every time I'm, it's like a little more estranging and a little, a little less sort of easy. Um, yeah. what was it like for you to see a whole bunch of skaters, some of whom you knew from totally different outlets, like mob, totally familiar places for you? Was that, was that a positive thing or is that sort of like, get the fuck out of my <laughs> get, uh, part go, of go it? Away. Um, uh, and Ryan probably feels this way too. I was kind of like annoying where I'm like, I'm like, you know, my friend from out here, his name's Spencer Gillespie. He, uh, co-runs Village Psychic, the online publication. Uh, I felt like I had the need to like keep checking in and being like, do you like my town? Is my town good? Like, I want you to have fun in my town. And then, you know, I would, I would leave him and then I'd see some other people and I'd be like, welcome back. Like, is it as dope as you remember? Like you can eat there. Remember we ate there and we had a great time. Like, let's go back there. Uh, and so I felt like some pressure to like, dude, you know, like the place that you're from, if you end up liking it, like, you know, I was, you know, I, my very first day on earth was spent in Tempe and, uh, and I still really like it now. Um, but I felt some responsibility to like, it's not like I was going to vibe curate or anything. I wasn't, if they were like, no, I don't like Tempe. I wasn't going to be like, Oh dude, hang with me. It's going to get awesome. I was like, Oh damn, that sucks. I'm going to go back to the computer. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but I wanted people to have a really good time and, I was really stoked, mostly for like my insane friends to meet my insane friends. Like, you know, Lurker Lou was at the same place as Chris Diamond and like people were coming up to me or I would hear conversations on the side and they'd be like, you see that guy with the pet chicken? I'm like, yeah, I know the guy with the pet chicken. I don't even have to look over. Like, that's my friend, Chris. Like, <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so yeah, it was really good. Yeah. And I think like Ryan got to this and it's like, you know, aside from the itinerary, the magic of an adult skate gathering, a la Pushing Borders or Copenhagen or WAF is that, and WAF's not like an adult thing, but, you know, part of these events is just that the fucking best part of it is just like seeing the ways in which skateboarders commingle. Like it's the fucking best. I got to add to, um, in the three years that been doing Van City, at Slow Impact was my first time meeting Kyle and Ted in person. I know. It ruled. That and was it was really crazy because I was like, I know these guys so well, like it's so intimately, like we text all the time. Like I had like really deep conversations, but then I realized this is the first time I've ever seen Kyle or Ted in the flesh. It, that's <laughs> wild. I don't even yeah. think I knew that with, with Kyle. Wow. It was insane. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Kyle brought her up to me. It was and wonderful. First off, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, Alex. You are shorter than I thought. Uh, and I was like... Yeah, <laughs> I, was I like, get that a lot. <laughs> you have whatever. You have the energy of a 5'3 woman. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, I was just like... I was... I don't know. Like, it's just so fucking amazing to like not be mediated through the screen and it was just like I couldn't believe what I was being yeah. introduced to um and my my biggest regret uh is uh not getting to hang with Alex more there was just too many fucking people like too much shit going on and like you had yeah, you had your own band to like 
handle, which he made an you know, full edit for and all that stuff. Um, but that was like the greatest, that was like fucking highlight, highlight. Yeah. I got to sit next to you during the reading, during Kyle's reading. Um, and I felt that was a great moment. And we had like, I had so much fun sitting and like you're shooting photos and stuff like that. But I mean, Kyle's reading was like probably my favorite part of the whole weekend. Like, yeah, I, I, I've never been to something like that before. I've never been to a reading, Kyle. I, I don't mm. think so. Maybe since college or something. And um, that crowd, that group, hearing what Adam said, like, like Adam, your your story was so great, like so relatable. <laughs> like watching your skate friends like drop off, and you're like, and then it was just a perfect story for that. I want you to talk about it, but my impression of your story was like, we're at this gathering of all these people that didn't drop off from skateboarding, so mm-hmm. everybody could relate to your story to be that kid that was like, man, why do you want to go bounce a fucking basketball? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell us about like uh, the experience of doing that reading. Yeah, it was uh, <clears throat> it was very nerve wracking because uh, for those who don't know me, uh, I I rap. I'm a I'm a musician, and uh, <clears throat> you know, being on stage is <clears throat> something not I'm, I'm very comfortable with. Like just speaking on a mic in front of people without uh, like actually having like just coming up with stuff is easy, or just stuff I've already you know I know. But like actually reading off of a off of a phone or a paper, it was. I was like, oh shit, I've never, like, I'm not a great reader and I've never done that. So it was very nerve wracking. Like, I don't, I was, before the whole event started, like the whole reading, I was like in uh, Ryan's garage, like reading over my fucking thing, just like to make sure I had it, like some of the beats and stuff. And it was, I told, I told Kyle, like, damn, it's a little over five minutes. I'm like, oh shit. And he was like, yeah, man, just read faster. I'm like, fuck, okay. Like, I, don't, I don't know if I can read. I was not very sympathetic. No, I was not Yeah, no. You know, and I, I love that because I was like, you know what, fuck it, like I just gotta just do it, like. Um, but it was, you know, even though like I, I've seen some clips from it, and of course I'm like self critical of like how I was doing, and I, you know, I it felt really good to read it, and yeah, the actual story I uh, wrote was about you know, ha- um, like being coming, being a preteen and going into high school and just you know figuring out like. T- gaining consciousness and gaining uh like a sense of self and self-awareness and how i was very had a lot of self-esteem issues at the skate park specifically like where kids just like were just becoming cooler than you or you know they just weren't talking to you and stuff and uh having close friends throughout that point and how 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 fucking uh how close we were and how, how much I appreciated them. And then they kind of just all dropped off of skating and how I didn't really know why it was happening. And I didn't really understand how to connect with them beyond skating. And, uh, yeah, it was, I, I kind of thought that too. I was like thinking like, wait, like, I mean, all these, at least all these like skate Twitter people I know, like they're also kind of a bunch of older people who still skate. Like, Huh, I guess like I'm not the only one who's dealt with something like that, you know. So that was nice to. I I got a lot of feedback afterwards, and it was nice to hear that. Yeah, it was super relatable because for a long time, like I, I knew like people like stopped skating, but I was like, damn, like all my friends that I skated with when I was a kid stopped skating. Like literally, I have no friends who I skated with like nowadays, which is like normal. Like I'm not sad about it, but it's like, damn, like the fuck, like <laughs> where y'all go? I think 
I think you just hit on something that I think I, I, I want to stress about that night because it was, I mean, it was, it was beautiful. You know, like I, I certainly was moved to tears at least three or four times during it. And one of those kind of movement to tears was really the like meta thing that happens that Ryan, I imagine at some point you felt throughout the weekend, which was like, Oh shit, like this is actually, I can't believe this is actually happening. Um, but like one of the things you, you just said, you know, people coming up to you afterward and, and speaking appreciatively and like connecting to what you read and, and showing that support and like making that connection. Like that to me feels like the, one of two of the biggest differences between that sort of reading, um, and readings I, I go to, like I, I go to a lot and, and, and in fact, I, I, don't actually, I say that, but I haven't gone to a lot of readings, um, largely because you get kind of burned out on them, you know, like Chicago has a very vibrant literary scene. Um, and for a long time in my time in Chicago, I would go to literary readings regularly. Um, but they end up feeling disappointing in a kind of similar way, right? There's something kind of at their core that feels wrong. And I think Adam, you just kind of hit on what the difference is, is that, you know, like there's a sort of, um, there's a, I mean, the only word for it is like communal support, um, and, and shared experience that the slow impact or that at slow impact we had, that is just generally lacking from literary events, right? Like for better or worse, writers tend to see, um, other writers as some form of competition, you know, like you, there's not a kind of shared like, oh, yo, that was dope after readings. There's not a shared sense of stoke. There's not a shared um, audience-wide kind of commitment to whatever is going on on the microphone. You know, people are worried about what they're going to say next. They're worried about how they're going to be seen. They're worried about the kind of social um, jockeying that goes on in any sort of scene. Um, but, you know, like the the incredible thing I think about Slow Impact writ large was that there it didn't it wasn't sceney. It wasn't clicky. It wasn't, you know, we had the, one of the coolest skateboarders to ever pick up a skateboard in attendance and still, and several of them, um, like it still didn't feel like yeah. cookie, right? To me anyway, it didn't, it, yeah, cookie. It didn't feel like there yes. was any sort of like click or there was any sort of like, um, I don't know, like, like, battling for who's the coolest or who's, who's doing the best. Um, and you know, I think, I think the crowd at anything at all was one of the best crowds I've ever seen. Like people were fucking silent. People were engaged. People were open to an experience that I think a lot of them had never had, which is standing there for an hour while a series of people stand up and read things um, that you have no idea what they're going to be saying. Like that's, that's not a thing that happens very often. Um, and testament also to Ryan for making a venue that yeah. kind of accidentally was totally perfect. It was perfect. Yeah. It was a perfect place to have a reading. It was beautiful. It felt intimate. Um, the acoustics were great. Like you heard everything. It was succulence surrounding the microphone and that like reed, um, like oriental reed rug. It was just, it was gorgeous. The whole thing was totally totally beautiful. Um, and everyone fucking killed it. I would like to just make clear before I stop my rant here, like everyone killed it. Nine for nine, no duds, no one whiffed, no one blew it. And importantly, no one went nine minutes. No one was selfish. No one like insisted on being the center of attention. Like everyone, everyone read and 
like was part of the the thing and it was i'm so grateful and i was blown away by everyone and also like unsurprised yeah. you know uh, like alex yeah. you you did exactly what i knew you were gonna do which is go up there and just fucking crush and yeah, come great. with like harsh criticism for a culture that needs to hear it and yelia got up there and read this like yeah, incredibly beautiful poetic anaphoric repetition kind of liturgical gorgeous thing about struggle and everyone just totally totally killed it and she included the title in the end of her reading too yeah smart that was, I remember. That was like that was very smart those bars um, <laughs> yeah i would just also jump on the the praise wagon for alex i was like th- there's a couple times mm-hmm. like I don't know. It happens at video premieres sometimes or like fucking, you know, music events. Like if your friends in a band or something, but like you kind of see people in their element and you're like, dude, like I fucking know that. Like that's my fucking friend. <laughs> uh, and I remember when, when Alex was talking and when Christian Kerr were reading, he's a very talented writer. I was just like, no fucking way, dude. You tell me that's my fucking friend? Like, that's the fucking sickest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> that's the guy I do weekend updates with. Yeah. <laughs> weekend updates. Or weekend recaps. I know. God damn. I know. I know. It's cool. You'll get the story once. No, so, no. Uh, so, yeah, dude. <laughs> So we all have like, we have five very different like perspectives on this event. We've just gone over what for me was like a, a an incredible highlight and like emotionally. Oh, can I add one more experience. thing I loved about anything at all? Sorry. Yeah, fuck. Sure. I love, I love that it disappeared into the ether after it was gone. It was done. Yeah. That there's no recording. There's no recording of it. I love that. It's, I mean, it's not out there. Like that was it. That was intentional. Yeah, that's great because I, yeah. I, I when we hired people to record the panels i was like i feel like it kind of is uh you're you're breaking a little bit of code by recording something that's so intimate yeah um, and there will be little snippets of it maybe that pop up but i feel like you know if, if you know that you're you're doing a reading to an intimate audience versus broadcasting it on the internet for anyone to see it's a totally different feeling so i wanted to honor that yeah Thank you. You had to be there. Yeah, <laughs> get there. What uh, I'd love to hear, I mean, you know, what we don't want to do, I don't think, is recap the entire weekend. Um, mostly skateboarding did an incredible job walking through with Patrick and 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 um, Mike Munzenreiter talking through it. Um, Those guys are awesome. They so they rule. They totally rule. I love uh, them so much. Yeah, I was so happy to meet Mike, who a guy of like internet known for a very long time. Um, so I I wonder if if like I, I've just gone on at length like can we share maybe just from our four very different perspectives like what what was the highlight like what's the thing that you take away what's the thing that you're going to carry with you from this weekend and maybe think into um, how how that could um, lead to some part of the future. Hmm. Ted, would you like to go first? Uh, yeah. Um. So for for my highlight, it's a four parter. No, uh, <laughs> dude, uh, <laughs> th- there's there are a couple things that uh, I have uh, 
like whatever an, an insight into. Um, I'm an Arizonan, I'm a Tempian and, uh, and having, um, people from, uh, the San Carlos Apache reservation or Mo, um, and everyone on the, you're skating on native land panel come through and to just like talk to people who aren't from Phoenix, but just to like kind of lay it out, be like, dude, look around. Like you see these fucking canals, like that's not like SRP didn't make that. Like that's how Hocum canals like this stuff, um, to, to like give a sort of context to the salt river valley and that like skating is functioning on top of this infrastructure that goes back you know pre-america like it's uh i don't know it's really sick to have people witness it and to be kind of like to kind of re-up for me because like i don't see doug that much like saw him at tempe park a couple times trey lives in tempe but like you know we see each other in passing. We're not like super tight. And so it was really good to have them speak at length about like the fucking, just like what it's like to be a native skater and like, and how much work they done on the San Carlos res and like to have people from, uh, other reservations in New Mexico or elsewhere to just be like, yo, this is like, we built this shop out of nothing. We build these scenes out of whole cloth. And like, it's not, um, it's really sick to, see that get exposed to a group of people I was really appreciative of and like fucking so stoked on. Yeah, agreed. And I think, I think the infrastructure piece was so central to that. Like, I think that cracked open for a lot of people, the sort of understanding of like, Oh, you like, <laughs> like the, the very things we skate, like the very shapes that we find so alluring are themselves. Um, it's not just land. It's not just an idea of history. Like here's a, like quite literally where you are skating comes from a, a culture that long predates any of our sort of play. Yeah. And Poe liked Benihana's. Poe loves Benihana's. <laughs> I got to say that the one of my takeaways was also like after talking to Doug, um, he, first he recommended a really great restaurant to us, which was awesome. And then um, he he's like, come to the res. And the thing I brought away from this, I thought that, that, you know, them talking about their experience, their scene building on the reservations, they're running shops, they're running contests, they're running skate parks. Um, and skate parks are a thing that a lot of us kind of scoff at, you know, we are like, Oh, we're street skaters. We're not gonna go to a skate park. They're like, well, no, we need a fucking skate park because we're trying to build something here. And it like hit me as my own privilege around stuff that I have options like that, that I can scoff at skate parks or a contest or something, you know, sometimes I'm too cool for that. Um, so I immediately went back and I, uh, like emailed my coworkers about like, Hey, go to the res next time. Like we need, we need to go to, we need to go there and do demos there. And we need to go support these skaters. Like they're doing the work out there. And I, I, you know, I went there like 15 years ago with Leticia Bufani. <laughs> <laughs> and this like really bunk like skate trip and Doug was so sweet. I mean, they were the best hosts I've ever had. And, and, um, I haven't been back since. And I was like, yo, like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing going to Portland or Seattle? You know, yeah. <laughs> like if I want to actually do something that's cool, like go there, like, and Cecily was so awesome from Enchantment Skate Shop. Like, yeah. and she's an amazing skateboarder and she came to Wheels of Fortune too. So just to see like hear Cecily's story too, which was really um, like heavy and inspirational and, um, incredible. And to be like 
that I mean, that was the most impactful part of Slow Impact for me. And her first video had Chad Tim Tim, and he was there. I know that was so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even hearing about uh, just uh, piggybacking, piggybacking on to what you were saying, Alex, just like hearing that, like uh, having not even having the ground to skate on, you know, com- like in terms of uh thinking about skate parks as not illegitimate places to skate or like where skating doesn't count it's like well we have nowhere to skate like there's not it's just ground roads here you know uh i just thought that was really eye-opening it was something for me also like as a point of privilege like oh wow like like duh like Mm -hmm. there's nowhere else to skate here yeah there's not infrastructure at all it's not sidewalks yeah i think for for me um i mean there's uh, this almost like too much to process even still like just a week or two out um and uh the, the but one thing that i've been really thinking about is that you know and this is going to sound cliche but you got to allow yourself to let go you know to be vulnerable mm-hmm. to create possibilities and connect people and like w- one of the things that happened out of necessity in organizing this event was that I had to kind of like let go of the reins of s- some of the the unique individual events that were happening like Kyle's reading or Alex's panel Mo's panel um, but in doing so like we brought all these people together some of whom I'd never even met or even had heard of you know and and some of them who, who that I was scared of you know like Lurker Lou is such a, a prickly character <laughs> on the internet I was like I don't uh, you know and I met him and I, I feel like great friends with him now I was just so special and uh you know like Ty Thompson I think was someone who like everyone left with such a strong impression of of like yeah. wow this skater is just like incredible like such a sick person same with uh, Cecily and and Jeremy who run the skate shop like those were people that are were not on my radar unfortunately I you know I hate to admit it um never had met them and it was just like that was only possible because Mo had brought them into the fold and that was a uh you know it's a scary feeling like I don't know these people I don't know how to you know, get all these people together. I don't know if there's going to be magic there. Um, and yeah, just that, that to me was the, the kind of like overarching theme was the, like, you know, had I not decided to do this event, Mo had, would never have reached out to me to offer funding for it. And without that funding, we wouldn't have been able to bring, you know, I don't know, like 25 people got paid from ASU, I think, or something like that, you know, and it's, uh, but you know, the, the, the lesson that I've learned, which I, you know, learned time and time again is like, you, you have to like, you have to like throw something out into the void, you know, you have to, to try to like create something and it, it totally could have flopped. I mean, when, when Adam was talking about like the, the state that I was in, uh, even just a day before the event, like completely, completely frazzled, like there's no event bright for this thing. There was no RSVPs, (laughs) like even until an hour before Mitchell, I'm like, there might be 10 people there. You know, I have no idea. There might be 300 people. I have like, you know, I had a ballpark of like who I knew was coming from the event and who in their kind of like network was was planning on visiting. But, you know, you have no idea what the capacity is going to be. And uh, yeah, just something that Tim and I were talking about afterwards and sorry for going along, but it was that it just was remarkable that everything just went off without a hitch. 
you know, like every venue was like perfectly packed. Uh, some of them were, were too packed, you know, like in the case of Cornish Pasty, but it felt like a, a really solid amount of people where it wasn't overbearing. You didn't feel like there were too many people to really like connect with everyone there. It was a small enough group that there was a little bit of cohesion and it felt like, you know, most people met before the end of the event. And so, yeah, I don't know, just, just incredibly grateful for, for everyone for taking a chance on, on this. Do you feel, do you feel uh, fried or inspired? <laughs> a little bit of both. Um, you know, I definitely left feeling inspired. Like, uh, you know, one of the, again, to, to speak about Kyle's panel, I feel like if you tell someone like, oh, it's like a, a literary reading, but with skaters, like the, probably their impulse is like, that's going to be corny, you know? And I, 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 there's no way to stress it because there's not footage of it, but it was not fucking corny. Like it was incredibly moving and everyone who was there was just like, on top of Sean Bonnet's uh, skate video cover band was like, oh my God, feeling like, wow, I, I feel so like grateful to be here in this moment right now and experiencing this, like getting to hear like Jim Thibault talk incredibly vulnerably about his, his, his writing experience. And, you know, like that was just such a special thing. And, you know, even if the event does grow and get bigger next year, like there's such a magic and like how, you know, the, the size of, of it all. Yeah. Um, I remember running into, uh, running into Lisa Whitaker outside of the one venue that wasn't big enough for everyone on the night of the, the shows. Um, and you know, it was, we shared the thing, like the sort of, you know, one thing we haven't touched on at all is the sort of multi-generational reality of this event. And like, I think Lisa and I shared a moment of like, Oh, it's full in there. We can't go in rad we get to go home and go to bed now and not feel bad about it you know like there was there was <laughs> there was the exact right amount of like we're off the hook fine good we could use a night of rest or whatever it was um and that's something ryan you and i talked about ahead of time like the sort of openness of the event right like letting it sort of define its own shape like don't don't try to dictate too much of how it's going to go because it's the first year you don't know how it's going to go and it will sort of define its own shape given that it did define its own shape is there anything i mean you know one can't presume that there will be another one next year one can't you know we don't know where the world will be in an, in a year but like the i i think a lot of people who left there are not only hoping, but probably assuming there will be more of this in the future. And plenty of people who weren't there are certainly like kicking themselves and being like, well, I'm definitely going next year. Given just like that sort of macro shape of it, like, do you see repeating that again? Do you see adding things? Do you see taking things away? Is there anything you feel like at this point um, you would want to do differently? Or is it too early to say that? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, one of the takeaways is that it was like entirely unsustainable for me to have skate events that like we were bringing shit to immediately after the panels, which then would like flow right into the, uh, nighttime events. Um, and the, and the day Saturday when we had the panel and then we had street skating, I was like, this is, I just was like, I, I'm so relaxed right now and I can go, I didn't end up taking a nap, but uh, I could have taken a nap. Uh, and I, I just think that, yeah, I think we stayed at every bar until close, which also totally unnecessary uh, on my part. And, 
probably why I just like immediately got sick right after the event. But uh, I think for future events, like it was a good balance of not too many, like not too heavy handed with the, you know, like the panels and like the, what what do you want to call it? Like knowledge production side of things. Uh, Like I thought that was a a good balance, uh, especially with your reading as well, um, which I I feel like kind of fit into that. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, going into next year, making the skate days feel a little more free form. Like people can manage themselves in the daytime. And especially with the spot book, which I thought worked really well, you know, give people some spots to go to and, and geotag them. And and next year, I think I'll build out an actual map that people can use. Um, yeah, that was great because by then too, you know, we, I think two days into it, we were calling it adult summer camp, which was pretty apt, but people had already made friends, you know, they were, they were like excited to go off with their buddy that they'd met. Um, you know, people who came alone and maybe didn't even know anyone except for, uh, having mutuals online. And so, uh, yeah, people can just self-manage and they'll figure it out. And the, and the, the nights when the bars would end early someone would throw an after party or you know and throw out cases and people would go and they're all fine it's good i, I think it, like on the, the organizing side of things it's like two events in the day or in the morning and then one at night is fine you don't need to do yeah. anything in the day lots of good stuff to skate and things to do bike rides whatever also really brilliant to open with an art show like open with warfel's photo show which was wonderful yeah. right like mm-hmm. i mean what a way to introduce people to each other first of all second of all the space of the skate after school kind of garage where everything went down like to see the to to come into the space in that sort of social way and then show up the next morning and it's been transformed into this sort of panel educational realm um and then also to like to the event, like this is it. We're going to, there will be art. There will be some cultural, um, shared kind of object to partake in. And you you know, that's it. Like no one's got to write a report. No one's got to like (laughs) perform if you don't want to. Um, but we can, we can, we can move individually uh, along this sequence of photos and, and see what sort of conversations they spark because it did it, you know, Warfel's art is, wonderful for a number of reasons but i think one of the foremost being that it's so approachable like here here are a bunch of street photos um taken with the eye of someone who's been skateboarding their whole life like what do you notice about that and i think i heard a lot of people talking about things they noticed um without prompt and you know the teacher in me was like oh god this would be such a fucking great great classroom exercise just have a bunch of photos and have you know casual partaking in them um where do we go next what should we do what should we what should we talk about is are there are are there are there other points we want to hit here um no i just have more i heaps of praise always uh this um i can't remember but um Sean Bonnet is a friend of mine, Ryan's. Uh, he's in, uh, in no, no, like uncertain terms, my favorite band. And, uh, I, I was just same way as I was feeling a little protective of like making sure people liked my town and my Thai food spot and my coffee store and all that. I was like, 
fuck, dude. Like, I don't want to like talk it up, but I'm like, this isn't just like some guy. Like, this is the best guy at this. And <laughs> literally, and and I couldn't tell, but like I had had some conversations with him before, and I was like, dude, like I think like that would be a total hit. Like people, I remember talking to him. I was like the audiences of this are like people who still have their VHSs. I'm like, like the secret tape guy would really appreciate this. And then Brendan from the secret tape was in the front row when the band started and the singing every, and the first song they play is the sea and cakes cover of the David Bowie song sound and vision from Reynolds Two on the bonus DVD of this is skateboarding. And, uh, I just see Brendan go from the bonus right <laughs> when they when they take it and I was like dude it was fully appreciated from the first second and then uh, the projection that Mark did was was amazing to have the parts go with the set but then um I di- I didn't know if like I I'm just like buzzing anytime I'm seeing him play so I was like in my own world but I saw a clip from the back when they were playing La Tigra's Decepticon yeah that was the best and the fucking (laughs) whole crowd that was like totally silent and attentive to like the skaters reading was fucking bobbing and weaving and vibing and like Rick McCranks on one wall this immaculate cover of La Tigre is here and the whole fucking crowd was just like just fully and I was like because I didn't know there was, the, I didn't know the crowd was behind me. I didn't know how they were feeling. Like I, maybe they were chatting, and it was just like to to see the people that I appreciate appreciated by other people is like really fucking sick. I, I mean this in the nicest way possible, not an insult at all. But you know the guy in Can't Hardly Wait, who's the he's the yearbook guy, and he's like following everyone around with the yearbook. Yeah. That's Brendan from the Secret Tape, just like <laughs> unbelievable stoke for just nostalgia skate content. Like it's all about the memories. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yes, dude. I just want to hug you. I love you. Yes. He's like, you need you need Russell Bray Cosmic Experience. I'm like, probably not, but give it to me anyways <laughs> <laughs> I hate my shorts in that video please burn it but also yeah sure send me one no like he, he's just so awesome like he was one of the, so the, the many yes. like there, there's so many memorable characters that like I just want to like Idris who came out yeah uh, yes. I, yeah dude so like such a charger like yeah. literally every dude. single spot skating with such authority and just taking slams kind of kind of scary to watch at times and going on longer than anyone yes dude he's so sick um maddie was uh, such an awesome person who i'd never met before she was ripping the whole time um yeah it was just cool and you know it was like also really special is like when the thing that you kind of like throw out into the void works like i i i went on the mostly skate podcast and i i gave a, a a loose pitch about the event um on the type of person that i was like you know hoping would come along with all the people that are in our extended universe but i'm like you know, if you're a guy who's lives in a town with a small skate scene, you maybe work a job, you've got a family, you know, could be a woman too, but I'm like, this is the event for you. Like you maybe only know some people for online from online and 
you don't have a lot of friends to skate with. You maybe don't have free time, but you can get away for a vacation. There was this guy who came out here, Galen, and I met him the last day, thankfully. And he was just like, I was listening to that. And my wife was in the room and she heard it. And and she was like, sounds like he's talking about you. And and, And he was like, that was what pushed me over the edge. And I was like, that's so sick. Like, I love this so much. And he met a bunch of friends, you know, and... I, I, maybe he knew some people who, who were coming already, but, uh, yeah, just, that was awesome because I'm like, that is exactly the type of person that, you know, we're, we're trying to like bring into the fold is, you know, not alienated skater, but you know, I, I just feel like a lot of people, uh, if you don't live in a place with a strong skate scene and you've got a full schedule, it's hard to like connect with other skaters. I'm like, you know, there, there are a few really good events and hopefully this can be another one to throw into the mix where like you can go and build community for a weekend and, um, you know, maybe build some lasting relationships and meet up with those people yeah. on other trips. Tell me, brother, I live in Queens. <laughs> how's this how's the Astoria skate park uh scene t- scene report uh, i'm not a park dude uh long island city diy a little bit more but no i hang with my street skaters village psychic every weekend yeah i was i was uh i was thinking back to um it was kind of like i don't know compared to every other skate event i've ever been to it was probably like the most good vibes skate event in terms of there was just no in terms of like, there was no hierarchy of pro spectator or whatever, but also just like, just not clicky. Like everyone just felt really w- welcoming to me. Yeah. I felt like, and can't, can't it, be a cool guy in Tempe, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. dude, you traveled here. We're in Tempe. This is, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure in- helped that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, but I feel like everyone. Um, it was, it was interesting thinking like when we were talking about the art show before and how that thinking back to that. And I, I feel like everyone was like, kind of like breaking the ice, you know, trying to get to know each other. I've definitely talked to some people who I would see throughout the event, um, and be like, Oh, what's up dude. And we would talk a little, but we like kind of like, you know, got to know each other at that, <clears throat> at that art show and thinking back to that art show compared to how things were at the wedge. And then, well, I guess the wedge, cause that's the last thing I went to, but, uh, uh, like, thinking back to that it's just like everyone really felt um even if not not everyone knew each other it felt really friendly like everyone yeah. was really uh, acquainted with each other and there was no anxiety of um of anything it, it really felt like something i've not felt in any skateboard uh space like i don't know it, it, it just felt like there was there was something in the air of like we just all kind of want to have a good time and we all want to meet each other. I think that was a, that was the thing. Like everyone wanted to meet each other. There was no like vibing out. There was no, you're I'm I can't I don't have space for you or anything or anything like that. I don't know. Just like things I've felt in other skate spaces over the years or just anything. It just it felt like something that I've never seen achieved anywhere else in skateboarding. Good, so good good balance of uh good balance of pros to to normies. I think too. You know, yeah. like, like a there weren't so many pros that they were overbearing. Like they, they were kind of the, the minority there. So it, it was interesting, like seeing the sci-fi team just like kind of interact with all the people who are there at the event, because it was like, well, there's only like, aside from Crux and sci-fi and then Chad brought out, uh, Ronnie Kestner and, uh, Cookie and Cookie. Tom K. they were just, yeah. Cookie Tom K I think left after like the first day. Uh, 
<laughs> not, not, not a certified slow impacta. Uh, no, he's awesome. Couldn't match his clothes with the park. <laughs> See, there's too many. There's too many colors at Perry Park. <laughs> no, t- Tom's Tom's yeah, awesome. But yeah, awesome. because of that, it did. It it felt like, oh, this isn't really because that you know, and that was a. That was something that I took from WAF because I feel like WAF is really great at that as well. If you go to an event like Copenhagen, you feel like you're the spectator who's there to watch the pros and the event is for the pros. And it's literally only the pros get the list of, of when the schedule is um, and oh, wow. then what the, what the dates are, you know. So it was nice here because it was like, oh, this is, you know, these people are the stars, you know, like Yelya and Kyle's a star. Kyle, you got to be a star. Ah, oh, fucking finally. Thanks. <laughs> Kyle, I think you got, did you get some 440s out of that too? I mean, word on the street is maybe, I mean, I don't know. I really, I really um, shamelessly asked on a microphone in front of a crowded backyard um, <laughs> for Chad Tim Tim to please send me some 440s. Um, and yet, I don't know. We'll see. I'm not. I'm not at my mailing address right now, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, man. I mean, send that box. But back to that. Like, you know that. I think. I think you just tapped into something that's important about this, which is that like so much of being a skater is hero worship, or if not hero, not hero worship. I mean, yeah. I think we've maybe moved past that a little bit. I think we recognize that there are some harms that come of blind hero worship, but certainly like starstruckness, right? Like, I mean, I, I will attest to that when Jerry walked into your backyard, something happened in my chest and like, I'm not immune to it. <laughs> like I'm not immune to the sort of like, Oh, like you feel it like, Oh, that's, that's this person. Um, yeah. And I think one of the things that this, for me, it's Alex White. Well yeah. was, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> same, same, same. Like what this event, how could you see me in the crowd? It was just like my head. <laughs> just the top of my Yeah. You, you, you have, there were enough you, spheres of that, yeah. you know, like there was, there was, there were like the people, you know, Chad, Tim, Tim being one of them, like a, a number of folks there grew up staring at Chad Tim Tim and, and like admiring Chad Tim Tim. So like there was that. And then there were like people who were newer on the scene, but no less kind of celebrity, you know, like Marby's a big deal. Chandler is a fucking physically imposing individual. Like these are people that we watch on the internet. And I think there was a really, really good way that not only was the ratio of pros to normal skaters, um, really good, but then you also had people like the secret tape who, as soon as you see him skate, you're like, Oh fuck, this guy's exceptionally good on a skateboard. Like there were enough sort of, other reasons to be impressed by people that it sort of muddied the water in a really pleasant way. You know, like then there were people who were just really good at talking and it's like, Oh man, everyone here is got something. And it, and it wasn't the kind of scene that said like, Oh, the thing that matters is being able to, you know, fakey flip nose grind. Like that's good. That's one way to kind of be impressive in this crowd, but there are a lot of other sort of ways. And I guess what I'm saying is that it like created its own sort of very rich ecosystem that was nuanced and allowed for everyone, I think, to find a way to, 
to be themselves and not be overwhelmed. And one of those ways was like, oh, this is this is a safe space for people who are anxious. You know, like this is a place where anxiety is yeah. a, is a shared reality, right? Like it, it's not that everyone there was suffering from anxiety at the same time, but it was pretty clear that at any moment anyone could walk away and everyone would be like, that's fine. Cool. Go do what you got to do. Like <laughs> ghost us here. Go, 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 have, you know, take a walk, get some air, do whatever you got to do. Like there was, there was a very real kind of sense. And I don't know if that came from a lot of these people knowing each other from online, but like there seemed to be a really real sense that like there was a mutual understanding that everyone here should do what they need to do and it'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's incredible. And that's, I don't know, I don't know what that's a testament to, but it was really palpable and really beautiful. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have the same mental illness that I do where you see a pro skater and you get their song from their notable parts stuck in your head? And (laughs) (laughs) when when you're skating by Chad Tim Tim, you're going, no sugar tonight in my coffee, no sugar tonight in my tea. Because <laughs> that's what I was doing at Perry. What was your opening gambit with Chad, Ted? Did you come at him the way you came at Ocean Howell, or did you come at him a little differently? No, I was, I was a, I was like a B plus Chad Tim Tim fan. Like he was, he he was dope on Pop War, but I was never like, oh fuck, dude, like that's Chad Tim Tim. Like switch back tail two seventy shove. I was like, that's winning shit. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was, I, I was always cool with Chad Tim Tim, uh, but I wasn't like, God damn dude, that's Chad Tim Tim. Uh, no offense, Chad, you don't listen to this. So I don't give a fuck. Uh, and I, but when I, but in the past, like, you know, whatever ocean, like, dude, he rode the milk crates down the hill in the iPath promo. Like that's fucking, that's in my chest. Uh, yeah, I was, I was big. Um, no, I met Chad pretty cool. I was pretty cool with it. Jerry, even cooler. So cool, I didn't even say anything. Just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to really, think, uh, like, you know... Oh, yeah. oh go ahead, Adam. Uh, just just back on Jerry real quick. Uh, I'm, I met him also, and he was, like, really... You know, I just said a couple words. Oh, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. And, but uh, I just feel like I had a lot of moments uh, seeing the different pros there. Just, like, you know, see, seeing, like seeing those between moments and stuff where you're just like oh yeah they're a real person like they're not just a skater um my favorite skater on the planet you know and i think that really like uh that really was apparent when uh jerry walked in with probably like five pizzas into ryan's backyard and immediately (laughs) dropped one of them and (laughs) it was just like oh shit i just saw jerry sue drop a whole entire pizza on the floor that's (laughs) Wow. <laughs> I you're saw like, that, man. Like, like if I was down and still ate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it was in the box. Like, it was good, but it was just like, wow, that, <laughs> you know, I saw, I've seen that guy, like, you know, switch Ollie Giant staircases and also drop pizzas, you know. So how, was, how, it, how great it would it have been if you, you, you walk over with like a stylist epic and shoot a photo of him dropping the uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the ground? <laughs> yeah, put it on my website. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, uh, you know, this is not unique to this, uh, this event at all, but I am a firm believer that the people who are the most insightful and funny and witty who talk about skateboarding are not pro skateboarders. And it's incredibly unfortunate that so much of our media is only interested in what the pro skateboarders have to say. Um, 
Ted, no diss. Uh, Ryan, the pro talking right now. (laughs) 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 I, uh, yeah, I I will say that I didn't have any, any speaking, uh, uh, engagement at, at slow impact. Thank God. Um, but yeah, I was just really happy because, uh, a couple things, the native panel, like you're not going to get that clarity and that, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Just like rawness and like talking shit about the, the, the relationship that they've had with the skate industry. You will never find that from people that are like inside the skate industry, myself included, you know, like you're just too connected. You're too, your relationships are too, too delicate. Um, and that was just like, like hearing Doug Jr. Like when he went on his, his, uh, like, you know, Doug Sr. as well, but Doug Jr. was just like incredibly impactful when he was talking about how like Cecily just basically got dissed by the skate industry and never got any shine. And those, those moments were just like super powerful to me. Um, and then, you know, on the flip side of that, people like Cole Nowicki and Sam Corman, among others who are probably minor figures in most people's skate media landscape, you know, maybe they, they check their blogs, but probably they're, they're relatively unknown. And so many people left being like, dude, Cole's reading was like one of the funniest things I've ever heard. It was the funniest thing I like ever heard. I've, I was crying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I immediately went and found his, his like, like I never, um, what is it called? Magic again? Sorry. Simple magic. Simple magic. Simple magic substack. Yeah. yeah. I, for some reason, had never heard of this before. And I fucking like gorged myself on simple magic, like every post that he's ever done. And I was laughing my ass off <laughs> since yeah. slow impact. So, yeah. so happy to get introduced to him. So funny. Yeah. So th- those, those people, it's, it was really, uh, it was just such a treat to like get to bring i mean i wasn't my my job people who kyle and the the panelists like brought, put them on a platform um but it just yeah you you may have not even have known their name going into the panel and you you walk away feeling like wow this is incredible um so yeah just one of the one of the many things that i was i was really grateful for yeah and that's that's an that's a new phenomenon right i mean that's you know like i i think I think the notion of gatekeeping is probably a really troubled kind of notion at this point, right? Like one of the things I think we could probably all agree is, is very good to have opened up is the media landscape, you know, like there are some really good people writing on blogs right now. Um, there's some incredible work being done by Patreon driven websites, um, you know, run by two guys in New York city. Like they're one of the sort of excellent things that something like slow impact can do is give, give some shine to those people, you know, like it's rad that wig Warland has a solo show in LA, um, you know, with Matt price and his new issue of golden hour. But I think, I think it's pretty clear at this point that there's a lot of talent, um, among skaters that we don't always have venues to really spotlight. And I think one of the sort of backdoor accidental realities of what slow impact 
or slow, slow impact achieved is making people a lot more aware of the work that people are doing. You know, people are doing this work. Cole does that work every week, man. Like he, and he like does investigative journalism. He like got to the bottom of the Bobby Puglio boards. Like how did this happen? And that article doesn't (laughs) exist anywhere else. And there's no one paying him for that. That's just skater ass shit. Just being a skater and making something. Um, so yeah, that was that add that to the list of kind of blessings that slow impact gave us. Yeah, it's tough too, because it's like you need the star power to drive people. Like I I, I understand right. that like especially for an inaugural event, you know, you it's scary to take a leap of faith with a bunch of unknowns. So you kind of have to mix in some of those pros, but in hindsight, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, the 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 relatively unknown people who spoke at the various panels and at the reading were, I think, some of the stars of the the whole show. Yeah, agreed. Did we lose Ted Schmitz? He's done. Um, we do, <laughs> I do got to wrap because I got to get my kids to bed in the next like five minutes. Well, I, I think, think we, we did it. I think we've yeah, done I think great. I think we did it. Adam, may I, on behalf of everyone, it's great to have you here. Thank you for <laughs> slumming it with us for a little bit. Yeah, thank you. This has been super cool. Like, mm. and I'm like, once again, I'm super honored. And uh, I appreciate everyone on this and um, and Kristen too, Kebs. Um, yeah, we miss Kristen. She's, yeah. she's in timeout for for uh, cho- choosing her band with her husband over uh, the event. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We uh, love her. Adam, before we wrap up, do you want to throw down a Vent City Trick Challenge for the oh, That's been oh, a while shit. for that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, damn. Um, oh, wow. Uh, Don't think too hard. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I, was, uh, I actually learned this, so I, I learned how to get on this, and I'm still learning this, but uh, at, at Slow Impact at Mitchell... Um, but just, uh, on a, on a curb, I was doing it, but I would love to do it on a ledge. And if you want to do it on a ledge listener, you definitely can. Uh, but, um, it's a, a half cab front 50, 50 and, uh, maybe, I don't know, a pro challenge would be a half cab to, uh, to a five Oh or something like that. All right. Yeah. Is that hard? Facing the ledge. Yeah. So, so back facing the ledge. Yeah. Back facing the ledge rolling up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Back facing the ledge and then half cab over to a front fifty fifty. Okay, yeah, yeah, I love it. It's like you, it's a it's a harsh angle trick. Like it works better if you come at a harsh angle, and then you, I, know. I feel like to get better at it, you gotta like come at figure out how to alley oop it. That's what I'm really trying. I was get I, I was getting him on a it's Mitchell. A, it's a Lucas Puig trick, right? Well, he did like the Nolly half cab to five zero, like Nolly half cab flip five zero. Oh, cool. But kind of yeah, like same kind of I same kind of deal. Um, do you want to come at an angle or do you come parallel to the ledge? You definitely want to come at an angle. Um, okay. Like ideally, you know, coming at parallel would be sick, but it's super crazy hard and I can't figure it out yet. But yeah, coming at an angle um, and yeah, 50-50. Um, I got into a Smith one time by accident, uh, but maybe a 5 would be a cool pro challenge. Be a nice. half cab, half yeah, cab front like 50-50. I love it. I love it. All right, we'll do it. We'll make it happen. Um, we did it. Congratulations. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you, y'all, for being just the best. And thank you to everyone who attended Slow Impact. And thank you once more um, to Ryan and Adriana. The real hero. 
Yeah, big thank you. Yeah. Gracious yeah. host. Adri- Adriana dealt with a, a ton of shit. And uh, she I did. mean, we did, we did so many things. We did so many thank yous at Slow Impact, but obviously thank you to Tim and Zamara and Adriana, who are basically the the three people oh, yeah. who who dealt with my nervous breakdowns, uh, which were almost daily for the probably three weeks leading up to the event. So, and then and then even afterwards. So, um, all right. Well, sounds like a good place to leave it, and hopefully we'll see you next year. Yay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This episode was mixed and edited by Adam Burns. Our intro music is by the band Roar. Our credits music, Under My Voice Right Now, is by Dylan Brine. And our logo and graphic design, as always, is by Michael Orful. Stay tuned for a little ditty for the kind people on the ProFlow tier of Patreon.
fledged sitters or curb chillers. One night when we forgot the light, we get to complain to each other. We'll complain to each other about fun. 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 